0: Welcome to Fringe Division. Weird it is a matter of degrees. Hello and welcome to French Division, the spoiler-free rewatch podcast
1: of the Hat TV show Fringe. I'm Jimmy. And I'm Martin. Today we're talking about season two, episode four, Momentum Deferred, which aired on October the eighth, two thousand nine. It was written by Ashley Miller and Zach Stance and directed and directed by Joe Chappelle. Ashley Miller's actually on a Star Trek podcast I listen to. Alright, okay. He wrote um, Thor and X-Men First Class.
0: Well then. So, Martin, what did you think of this episode of Fringe?
1: I liked this episode of Fringe. (laughs) Bye. Would you care to elaborate? I like that it picked up where season one left off, comma. We could quite happily have skipped the previous three episodes. Full stop. Well, I don't think we could, well, we could have, you know,
0: skipped the ones with Meghan Markle in them because they don't matter, apparently.
1: Oh, was she in this? I can't remember. <laughs> I don't think you could have
0: skipped. If we did that, then we wouldn't have had Olivia flying through the car window. That bit was good. Yeah. Because she was all like, ow. Yeah, well, she was all like, because she was dead. Yes. I like this episode. It's not my favourite so far of the season.
1: Which is your favourite so far of the season? That's the first episode. That was good. But I do like this episode. Also, it turned out the pattern was also to do with the Bible. Do you think that will come back? <laughs> um,
0: uh, well, yeah, it'll come back later on when um, Agent Jessup comes back and says, i worked it all out. I've got to marry a ginger kid. Yeah. <laughs> Who likes to wear Nazi uniforms? Um, yeah, good episode. Bye. Martin, are you in one of those moods today where you can't be bothered?
1: No. Right, I was well, just being hilarious. I know,
0: but, I know you're not being hilarious, you're being fucking annoying, but you just, you just
1: keep sort of answering
0: weirdly. What was that? What were you doing there?
1: I was putting my mic closer because my levels were low. Alright, cool, cool, cool. Right, anyway, I forgot what I was going to say. You were going to say, Fringe Division investigates a series of robberies in which frozen human heads were stolen. No, I'm reading from a different one. This did move
0: things along, which is always good to see. Yes. But barring the second episode of this season with that stupid creature thing that the X-Files knock off, I think, if you take away that episode, these three episodes have been pretty solid. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, moving the thing, moving the plot along, which is what we like to see. And we've got more Spock! We do. Yes. His name is in the opening credits. Special appears by Leonard Nimoy, so it's not a surprise. What's up, Spock? Yeah. Uh, So, let us, shall we get into the plot? (laughs) <laughs> a shipment of heads Stored in cryogenic storage is hijacked Though one of the hijackers Is killed by a guard And bleeds a mix of blood and mercury Identifying him as a shapeshifter From the parallel universe Oh those guys Oh no Um, So we open like on a, a live
1: action episode Of Futurama And then it becomes a zombie movie These places are real is the thing Mm. If if you've ever read up on um, cryogenics, it's weird. Because mm-hmm. like, at first I was like, is he decapitating them? Is that what's happening? And it's like, no, because they really do just freeze the heads. Mm. Um, like If you want to spend even more than the thousands that you already spend, you can get your whole body frozen. But most people just go for just the head. Hashtag just ahead. head. And uh, <laughs> it's really weird because it's this idea that ah, whatever you died from, they'll be able to fix it in the future as long as they've got your frozen head. Yeah. Although I did find out recently there were experiments in the 50s in the UK to uh, freeze hamsters and then warm them back up again, which kind of worked. All right. (laughs) It worked in that a hamster that was frozen to dead was alive again, Um, Mm -hmm. but that's not necessarily a good thing because it's animal cruelty. So, if you died of
0: heart failure, why... Your head is not... Like, just your head isn't going to solve anything. Or if you died and you had colon cancer or a rare form of cancer that's in your torso... Well,
1: you know how they cured smallpox? If they, you know, froze your head for the future... Mm-hmm. Once they um, invent a cure for uh, smallpox and also you're not having a body anymore and also mm-hmm. decapitation, mm-hmm. you'd be fine.
0: True, but if they haven't cured baldness, then, you know, you, you might be fucked. There is a cure for baldness. There is a cure for baldness?
1: Yeah. What's that? Castration. What? <laughs> If you're castrated before puberty, you won't go bald. Okay. Yeah, which is ironical because um, uh, eunuchs are always portrayed as bald in films and TV, um, but it's to do with testosterone, which is why you don't really get bald ladies. Right.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. So Roger Cross, did you recognise um, that the the black actor in the f- opening scene? Yeah,
1: man, of course I did. Yeah, he's, he's probably been in loads of TV shows that you've watched, Martin. I didn't, actually. I was uh, just trying to be enthusiastic. All right. He probably
0: has, though. Um, he's a Canadian actor, and um, he's in almost every TV show that's shot in Canada. He always pops up. Um, so, like, if they're looking for a black... I can't say African-American, because he's not African-American. African-Canadian... Um, if they're looking for if they're looking for a black person then they would just ask Roger Cross I think he's the only black Canadian actor that's not true
1: he was Tret in Star Trek Enterprise yeah there you go see
0: Um, he's in something that you've seen did you ever watch the TV show Continuum no I watched the first few seasons of that like two seasons I think and he was in that he was a regular in that because it was shot in Canada
1: and that came out around the same time as the 12 Monkeys show, which sort of had a similar premise. And I was like, oh yeah, I should check those out. And then didn't. Yeah, Continuum was all right. It was quite weird at times. Did you ever see
0: Travellers? Was it called Travellers? The one with... Um... The one with Well from Will and Grace?
1: Yeah, that one. I
0: saw a couple of episodes, but I didn't go back
1: to it. I watched about the first half of the first season because, like, Laura Mm. watched it and she was like, this is good. And I'm like, "Yeah, it's all right. Also, I watched the first season of The Americans I've been meaning to continue that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We've spoken about The Americans
1: before. I think it's one of those things that isn't on Netflix anymore. It's on Prime? Yeah, I think it's on something else now. Um, Mm. Something you don't have? No, I, I, I probably have too many streaming services. Do you? Yeah. What, what ones do you have? Netflix, Prime and Disney. That's what I have. Yeah. I
0: was thinking about getting rid of Disney at one point. And then they started the Marvel shows and um, Star. Star's handy for a lot of older films for So What's a Problem? So I'm like, yeah, I'll just keep that in. Right. The French Division encounters... Hey, that's us! Yay! Hey. The French
1: Division discovers an undamaged device... Could they you imagine believe- if, like, Special Branch got confused doing a Google search and phoned you up and were like, Hi, is this Jimmy? Um, there's been some frozen head stolen. You're French division. Can you look into it? And we had to go around. We'd be useless at it. We would be, but also that person should get fired from their job. Yeah, but to be fair, so should broils. The whole uh, water thing would never get signed off on. No, that's true. But phoning up a podcast
0: thinking that Fringe Division, a fictional part of the FBI, is real, and also that it would, you know, um, do
1: cases in the UK where it's part of the FBI. Oh, I've got a number for the paranormal branch for the FBI. It's a guy in Scotland. <laughs> I'd I'd go for it. I'd be interested, and I'd go and look. I'm taking this guy out. He's a uh, mercury drinking shapeshifter. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not. He's just an alcoholic. Because yeah, Scottish. but he's an alcoholic from another universe.
0: I'm not an alcoholic though. No, the guy you're investigating is. Well, the guy investigating
1: is. Yeah.
0: Right.
1: You you just chase down drunks. <laughs> Oh, well,
0: you know, I, I, would, I would never be out of a job, um, sure. so that's good. <clears throat> the French division discovers an undamaged device they believe is used by the shapeshifters to take another's identity. Olivia Dunham gives the device to Nina Sharp, a massive dynamic, with the intact device they can use it to examine the device of the first shapeshifter that tried to kill Olivia in the episode A New Day in the Old Town, They are unaware that this shapeshifter has taken the form of Olivia's partner, Charlie.
1: They're partners now?
0: Yeah, they always have been. Ordered to find out what she learned from William Bell when she was temporarily taken to the Parallel Universe. Yeah, Olivia and Charlie are partners in the FBI. But he's not in fringe division. No, but they're partners in the FBI. Don't you remember the speech he gave before he died in the first episode of this season where he said... I don't want my partner
1: to die. My partner died. I don't want another partner to die. Sorry, I'm really distracted writing my uh, Fringe spec script featuring us. I'm just thinking about what would the glyphs be? Um, Whiskey bottles, but like they'd have uh, human embryos on the label. Right. Instead of a uh,
0: grouse. A half-eaten scotch
1: pie with... Am maggot in it no oh, like, wait no that's just normal a, a, a scotch egg but the yolk is a smiley face <laughs> <laughs> Um, hopefully not the Bristol stool chart don't don't google that and that goes for you at home too Bristol stool chart yeah ew yeah why is that a thing they needed a chart uh, of stools and they were in Bristol right I probably should have just said the bridge. Yeah, because then I wouldn't have
0: questioned the bridge. But a stool chart... It's a thing. Is it like bar stools and...
1: Um, that would be better. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Less medically practical, but uh, better. True.
0: Walter remembers that one of his former patients, Rebecca Kibner while under a heavy dose of mind-altering drugs had witnessed events in the parallel universe including the presence of the shapeshifters. To try to learn more they approach Rebecca to ask for her help and she's happy to participate. Um, I think she just wants to get out of the house to be fair. After outfitting her with electrodes and injecting her with more drugs Walter starts the process by clanging a bell Everyone's surprised. This causes Olivia to pass out.
1: I really like this character. Like, it's probably not a good thing, but it just felt someone really refreshing to be like, Hi, Walter, I had such a good time being experimented on by you, and I've uh, really missed you. Yeah, and she's really horny for him. Oh, did you get that?
0: I did, yeah. I almost missed it. But... Yeah, I picked up the subtle nuances of the performance that she wanted to bang Walter. Again.
1: And it was nice for Walter to sort of, like, come to his own conclusions. It feels like something season one Walter wouldn't have done. Yeah, exactly. Hooray, character growth.
0: Yeah, but also she was a teenager and he would have been in his 30s. Oh, dear. The 70s,
1: you know? What could Mm -hmm. he do? Uh, Yeah, it was refreshing to see both someone who wasn't, you know irate at Walter but also Walter learning from his past season of experiences and dealing with it Mm. I've written a lot of notes and we've went
0: read the synopsis past my notes what were in your notes? Uh, Olivia drinks worms and that's disgusting Uh, no this show can be really gross at times yes yes don't drink worms kids there are four Invasion of the Body Snatchers movies and they only mentioned two. But, and you know who starred in that one? Yeah, this, uh, the one in the 70s, Leonard Nimoy was in it. And he's in this episode too.
1: He is. You think someone would be like, hey, you look like that guy from that movie we were just talking about. That's weird. And there's also
0: the the, the third movie, Body Snatchers, which is di- directed by Abel Ferreira in 1983, is actually an underrated movie, in my opinion. But the Invasion. I've never from... actually
1: seen any of them. I should.
0: You should. The, the, the remake, uh, is a remake. The, the second one is more of a remake of the first one. Uh, the, the third movie is, is in a different setting completely, but it's, you know, it's still the same basis from the book. So they are correct that it's a remake. But, yeah, the second one, the one from the 70s, is really good. Yeah, uh, Olivia says the shapeshifter... No, everyone says the shapeshifter could be anyone, and then Olivia proceeds to tell
1: Charlie everything. That was daft. Kind of feels like they could have done more with the "oh, we've been infiltrated," and it felt like as soon as they realised, they um, you know, it was over. Mm -hmm. One of my notes
0: was, "I wish his name was Freddie and not Charlie, so I could make a Queen joke." Freddie Francis. (laughs) When uh, when Charlie was chugging down the mercury, um, I also wrote, "Brandon
1: is annoying." Also, when Olivia kills him, you could have just gone, who wants to live forever?
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, Rebecca says to Peter, I met you once before, you were just a baby, but I swear I saw... And then she's cut off.
1: And this is going to be cut off, because we can't say that that made no sense, knowing what we know. Mm. Why does that make no sense? Because... Yeah. They do quite a lot of stuff like that, which is like, ooh, we're foreshadowing. But when they came to write it down the line, didn't keep... They kept in the spirit of what they set up, but not the logistics. Like how in the end of season one, we see um, a different...
0: Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Sorry, I was
0: taking a drink. I was just saying that... uh... No, I know, I heard you. I I wasn't pouring liquid into my ears. I was taking a drink. I can still hear you.
1: The Scotch are trained in drinking from a very young age. Yeah. Och, baby, the whiskey doesn't go in your ears. Och, wee, Jimmy's drinking wrong.
0: I was a very smart baby. (laughs) Because, although I didn't know where the whiskey went, I could speak. So... Anyway, the bell has caused Olivia to recall her
1: conversation with William Bell in
0: the parallel universe. When he
1: told her that Massive Dynamic was a reference to his um Massive Dynamic. Yeah. Big Dick!
0: <laughs> there Bell warned Olivia of a great storm that was coming and that she must stop a man who is trying to open a gateway between the two universes. You
1: mispronounced his name. He's not William Bell, he's William Bell. <laughs> Ah <laughs> oh, fuck I don't have anything.
0: Ah <laughs> Right, okay I'm ready Um there William Bell <laughs>
1: That's as close as I can get Oh if only there was a way to drop in sound effects later <laughs> Yeah
0: she must stop a man who is trying to open a gateway between the two universes, providing Olivia with an icon symbol and a handwritten name to remember. member. Um, why didn't P- Olivia was- just
1: go, what the fuck was that weird manifesto you wrote all about?
0: Yeah, exactly. And wh- why are we wasting three fucking episodes um, of me not remembering just for this?
1: And why wasn't she all like, we found those people you trained who were trying to stop this and we stopped them because they were up to no good and also we don't trust you and think that you're full of bollocks. Yeah. I mean, she did a little bit, but it did just seem like, oh, well, Spock says it. I mean, to be quite honest, if I completely disagreed with something and Spock said it, I would just go along with it.
0: Yeah. Although his uh, his face does look like a ball sack. (laughs) So...
1: Which is ironic because his ball is in the shape of an idiot.
0: Yeah, but it's not. That wasn't very nice of me to say because uh, Leonard Nimoy actually looks and sounds ill um, here. Yeah, and it's quite sort of it's distressing to watch, but it still works for William Bell. Mm. Um, but yeah, and also he says. um I pulled you out of a moving car yeah thanks for that one dick (laughs) you know could you not have waited till I was in the elevator like Martin thought had happened
1: I mean as great as it. also why doesn't the momentum transfer across universes like the rest of her that sounds like pseudoscience to me I know
0: it's it's almost as though it's just a bunch of hack Hollywood writers you know And not actual scientists writing scripts to a TV show that nobody
1: watched. I'm sure I said this three episodes ago, but as great as it is to see Leonard Nimoy um, and there is a certain amount of um, like the way William Bell was introduced in the first season as this Bill Gates type celebrity that everyone's aware of, casting someone with, um, you know, a presence in the genre does help. Mm -hmm. The fact that they weren't able to use him more really, in the long run, lets the side down. Yeah. As fun as it is to have him here, having someone who they could have put to better use would have worked better, I think.
0: Yeah, I agree 100%.
1: I'm sure they could have got someone who, you know, still had some, like, star casting who could have held their own with John Noble. Yes. Who wasn't Leonard Nimoy.
0: And also not to be morbid, but someone who was not on their way out.
1: Does he ever even have a scene with Walter?
0: Yes, I think so. Yeah, I'm sure he does. Or is that
1: just on the TV screen? I don't know. Um, I'm sorry, Editing Jimmy. I generally can't remember.
0: There's an episode. <laughs>
1: They should have just done the prisoner thing and had him body swap. That was a reference to the nineteen uh, sixties Patrick McGowan series, The Prisoner.
0: Yeah, I got that. Thanks. And not the, and not the one with Ian McKellen. We don't
1: talk about that one. I never actually watched that. No, nor me. It just—it's like you're clearly not making it to a people who, appeal to people who watched the original show, and you're just using the hint of brand recognition to sell a new show, and why bother? You see, that annoys me too, because even, like... You know that
0: the Denzel Washington movies, The Equalizer? Yeah. He's made two of those. They are not like the TV show, The Equalizer. You're going to freak out when you see what Tom Cruise has done to Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible is like Mission Impossible. In a way. It's just... Like like the equalizer. Denzel Washington is a big large man mm. who can clearly take care of himself if he has to. Yeah. Edward Woodward is an unassuming old like sort of smallish man and that is what makes Robert McCall scary. It's not his size, it's the fact that he could fucking kill you with his pinky if he had to. Mm. And the Equalizer movies are just... They're just action movies of, you know, let's that's, that's have Denzel Washington beat people up and shoot people. And If he
1: could kill people with his little finger, how come he got burned in that wicker man? They
0: broke his fingers.
1: So... <laughs> um, so the Prisoner would be a good show to do a podcast
0: on. Yeah, um, but the, the Equalizer movies don't even use the theme tune. Or even part of the theme tune. They don't really acknowledge it as the equalizer, which annoys me. If you're going to make a TV show, uh, sorry, a movie based on a TV show, at least have elements of the TV show in it, like the theme tune. It doesn't have to be all the way through the movie or anything. Just acknowledge it exists.
1: And I wouldn't be able to do a podcast about. Uh... TV shows being adapted into movies without mentioning Mutiny on the Buses. Why did you
0: have to mention Mutiny on the Buses?
1: Oh, clearly someone stopped listening to the extended edition. I did, after I left. We did an episode on TV shows getting adapted into films, and mm. I tried to explain the plot of Mutiny on the Buses to a Norwegian, and... Then we all just started laughing and had to stop the episode because we couldn't recompose ourselves. Which then led to a similar situation years later where we all found ourselves together on a bus. <laughs> <laughs> and it happened again. Oh. They put spiders on the buses and the ladies are driving the buses and end up driving it on a motorway and you can't do that. <laughs> right,
0: can I continue? please. Walter and Peter help revive Olivia who immediately demands to see Nina Sharp. As Olivia leaves, Walter returns home uh, returns with Rebecca to her home. Bam. She goes,
1: wow, I don't think
0: that happened though. Didn't happen, but that's why he was going. He was fully intending to have sex with her and she wanted to have sex with him but then he decided not. I
1: do like when Walter was just like, he said okay. Okay. <laughs> Although I did question the logistics of um, Peter's arrangement with the FBI to supervise his father at all times if he's just letting him go off and ride buses.
0: Yeah, he, he should have said that he would come and pick him up. Once you've nutted, Dad, give me a phone. <laughs> <laughs> Nina, initially doubtful that Olivia met Bell, recognises the Great Storm phrase and attempts to help Olivia in any way possible. As Olivia recounts the name of another cryogenics facility from Bell's Note, she receives a text message from Charlie warning her that Nina is the shapeshifter. Don't know how that would work, but okay. Um, because Nina Sharp is barely in the show, so when would she have been the shapeshifter? She leaves and regroups with Charlie, but in a side alley, is alerted by her phone, massive dynamics analysis of the first device was completed, and Charlie reveals, and reveals... sorry. Yeah. ...and reveals Charlie as a shapeshifter.
1: I was really impressed with the uh, image quality on her phone.
0: Yeah, that is a shitty phone. And that image quality was amazing. It's almost as if like, a graphics department from a TV show put it in later. Mm. Too late, Olivia realises she has told Charlie the location of the cryogenics facility... ...because she's a fucking idiot. And Charlie relays this to another agent. After a brief fight for her life... Olivia shoots and kills the shapeshifter. That that could be it for Kirk Acevedo in the opening credits.
1: Despite everything I just said about um, oh, cool, shame they didn't play that out more. I'm glad it's over. Yeah. Because <laughs> actually there, there isn't much you can take moustache twirling you know, robo shapeshifters. Um, they're a bit rubbish they don't even uh, squish through prison bars, what's the point? I don't know. You know who'd been a good been a good shapeshifter? Robert Patrick. Yeah. He was doing Jean-Ratel at this point. He could have got him. <gasps> he was, yeah. He was an x fails Yeah. He was in a really good show no one watched that got immediately cancelled uh, called Last Resort with Andre right. Brower from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It was the year before Brooklyn Nine-Nine and it was this US submarine gets ordered to fire mm. its nukes and they're like, well, that came in on the wrong frequency and then the Navy were like, they didn't fire, let it. shoot at them. So he just takes over this uh, Caribbean island with his nuclear submarine and uh, tries to get find out the conspiracy. It was really pulpy, but I liked it. And Robert Patrick was like the um, the chief of boat, who was like the more working crewman, who's like, I think we should just be following orders and not you, crazy captain.
0: Did you ever watch The Last Ship? No, I enjoyed The Last Ship for the first two seasons, and then it became something completely different. But the the original like premise, I enjoyed.
1: You know what? uh... You know what I picked up in a chaser shop. Uh, with the full intention of watching and only watch the first episode. What? Sequest DSV. Right. Um, why did you waste your money on that? Um, because it wasn't much money and I only vaguely remembered it. And I was kind of like, was this real? Um. And uh, I told Laura about what I was doing when she was at work. And uh, she was like, we all laughed at that. What are you really doing? And I'm like, no, really, there's a talking dolphin.
0: Yeah. And the guy from Jaws is in it, yeah. so it can't be that bad. And Jaws too. Did you notice the uh, the lens flare in Nina Sharp's office? I did. Um, what was different about it? They
1: don't normally have them in Fringe.
0: No, they always have them in Fringe. Oh. It's a JJ J. J. Abrams show. They're always in Fringe. But the one in Nina Sharp's office was red. Oh, oh. Yeah, so I don't know if that means anything. It probably doesn't. They're not very good probably at not. subtly hitting No, they're not, actually, are they? Broyles helps to comfort Olivia that she had to kill the man she thought was Charlie. At the episode's conclusion, the head with Bell's symbol is reattached to the body of a shapeshifter. What? I know. That,
1: that was a cool last image. Uh, and answers all your questions from... Uh, The start of a podcast on how that would work.
0: No, it doesn't. At all. (laughs) It reminded me of Deadpool from X-Men Origins Wolverine. And anything that reminds me of that movie can go fuck itself. So, Martin, do you have any facts for me?
1: Oh, yeah. The Observer watches the conversation outside Massive Dynamic. I didn't see him. Nor me. Um, but there he is, out of focus. Um,
0: I'm not looking for him, to be fair.
1: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, your friend of mine, Roger Cross, was on the X Files. Mhm. And those are the facts. The cipher said memory. See, that one makes sense.
0: Yes. Some of them are quite puzzling. So, what is your Walter line of
1: the week? My Walter line of the week, or month, as perhaps it should be. <laughs> Yeah, maybe we, we we can change that. I was going to mix them with strawberries. Bastard That's what I have.
0: Olivia drinks of worms and water says I was going to mix them with strawberries. And then, that's my
1: water line of the week. And then Astrid says Bishop's Deli Yeah, she does. I, I like some cheeky Astrid.
0: Yeah. So the next episode um, which is episode five is called Dream Logic.
1: And is it going to just be a load of uh, monster of a week drudgery until we get back to something interesting?
0: Possibly. Oh, no. Uh, oh, no,
1: actually, it might not be. Hooray!
0: Olivia asks for hmm, Olivia asks for guidance from Sam Weiss at the bowling alley before joining the fringe team in the investigation of a businessman in Seattle who attacked his boss spontaneously for no apparent reason and has been unconscious for 16 hours since. It might just be after most of the week. Cool, right?
1: they're just going um, all over now, aren't they? Remember when they'd only hang out in Boston? Yeah. That's all we have time for. Uh, if you'd like
0: to follow me on Twitter, it's at Drop the Pilot pod. ShiftedBench.co.uk is the website. Contact uk is the email address. Where can people follow you online, Martin? At TheFowdle on Twitter. Excellent. So thank you all for listening, and we'll speak to you all next time. Goodbye. Bye. Oh, that was boring. I know, I've got to
1: keep it, uh, mix them up a bit. But you said bye last time. Oh, um, that's all, folks. Cool.